1: Hello and welcome back. I have a really special episode for us today. I was graciously invited into the home of Kelly Mendel of Studio DIY. Kelly and I sat at her dining table and she let me in and therefore let us in into her story and her experience of becoming a mother, her experiences with infertility, with loss, and then with adoption. I cried, as I seem to do in... <laughs> Interviews, I shed a few tears, always, it seems. It's a really vulnerable look into her experiences in becoming a mom. I'm just so grateful to Kelly for sharing her story with us. And let's jump in. You're listening to Holding Space Podcast with Dr. Cassidy Freitas, licensed marriage and family therapist. The information shared in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. Now, let's jump in. Hello and welcome back to Holding Space Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Cassidy, and I am sitting here with Kelly Mandel of Studio DIY. Kelly has invited me into her home. I'm sitting across from her right now. Kelly, thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for inviting me to your home. I got to meet baby Arlo. Oh my gosh. He is what dreams are made of. He's the best. So I first came across your work when I was in the middle of grad school, spending a lot of times in rooms with no windows (laughs) and a lot of commuting um, and a lot of research labs. And I was also in the throes of early motherhood. So a lot of late night feedings and just adjusting to motherhood. And I stumbled into blogs, and I was looking for my own sort of creative outlets in that space of graduate school and early motherhood. And I remember coming across your blog, Studio DIY, and it was like stepping into this magical, colorful world where every day is celebrated and life is a party. Oh my And gosh. it was, I mean... The work that you do is amazing and it just brought this light and like it's just this like place of inspiration. Uh, the work you do is is so amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Well that's the goal so that's good to hear. It's <laughs> good to hear that we hit it. Huh? So beyond blogging though you also have products that you've launched yes. over the last couple of years. You've done some amazing things like I don't know, designing a costume for Miley Cyrus, <laughs> things <laughs> it's like that. True, it's true. Um, but one of the things that I really appreciated about your work and your blog was also your willingness to show up as yourself, as a human going through human experiences and yeah. your willingness to be vulnerable. And one of the things, so you've shared about um, your your experience with cancer and yes. your health health things that you've gone through. You've also though invited your followers and us into the world your world of becoming a mother. Yes. So infertility and adoption were things that you that you shared. And I don't know if I've ever shared this with you, but I've actually had. More than one client, because I work with a lot of moms who are navigating motherhood or their journey into motherhood. I've actually had clients who have come in and said before, so there's this person that I follow and she was talking about um, her experience with infertility and her experience with loss. And it sort of gave me courage to talk about miscarriage and loss with other people because she was doing it on this huge platform and if she could be brave enough to do that maybe I could voice my own experiences to the people around me which for these moms was incredibly healing because loss pregnancy loss miscarriage um, infertility these can be often really silent struggles yes very. and silent losses and so I don't know. You're doing, you're doing incredible work in your beautiful, colorful world, but you're also inviting vulnerability. So thank you. Thank you so much.
2: I mean, I think my husband put it best. He's like, we always use this term influencer around what I do. And it's like, sure. I can influence somebody to buy a pair of shoes or to try a new hair product or something. But what's really amazing is when I am able to influence people to Open up about their stories, or to pursue adoption, or to do something on that level. Um, so, as much as it's amazing to hear that it's helped other people by sharing my story, it's also helped me so much. It's been such an amazing personal experience for me, outside of the business aspect.
1: Yeah. In what ways has it sort of shown up for you as being something healing for yourself, even through that process of sharing? I
2: think that, like you said, like it's it's very isolating um infertility miscarriage all that it's so isolating um and it's something people talk about like when you don't meet somebody at the grocery store and they just like open up about having a miscarriage <laughs> um so i think for me sharing it has shown me that as much there's so many people in this world that have they're just like popping out kids it feels like like everybody's just having babies and like seems like it's so easy and they just like blink and they get pregnant But sharing my story has shown me how many people have also struggled, Mm -hmm. um, which brought a huge comfort to me when I was going through it because I didn't really know many people personally who had. I had several friends who, you know, were having kids or pregnant at the time and I wasn't or was failing to stay pregnant. Um, so it was really, really comforting for me to know that there was this whole world of people that had also mm-hmm. been through it and that we were supporting each other together.
1: Yeah. I, um, so between, between my firstborn Riley, who's six and my son who is three, uh, we had, we were, we got pregnant yeah. and we heard the heartbeat at eight or nine weeks. And then, um, we actually went on a trip to Hawaii and while we were there, I put together this little video to announce that pregnancy to everyone. When we got back from that trip, went to the doctor's appointment and they pulled up the ultrasound and I just, I knew. You just knew. Yeah. And it was, it was really rough because my daughter was there. We had told her and she was like, we told her you can hear the heartbeat. And she was like, it's one of those like trauma memories that's like yes. ingrained in my brain of just her being like, "Where's the heartbeat? Where's the heartbeat?" and the doctor pulling the screen away, yeah, and just all of us being like, "What's going on? What are you seeing?" and um, and her sharing, you know, it doesn't look like the fetus has grown, and we don't see a heartbeat. And so the whole, <laughs> I had I'd like literally put together this whole little video oh in, to share it with everybody and i and the whole experience was really was really tough i mean the Absolutely. the follow up of um i ended up having to get a dnc yeah. to and that was in its own ways really traumatizing yeah and then i ended up though deciding to share that video still with people and sort of in honoring that baby and that pregnancy yeah and I felt really scared to do that and really vulnerable in doing that. Um, but what ended up coming from that was this like, I don't know, this like giant, it felt like a giant hug and lo- of like support from people yeah. and people like coming out of the woodwork, like saying like, oh, I I, I also experienced a loss this year and yeah. I really struggled like in silence around it and hearing, I don't know. So it just, I guess in being open and sharing, at least within my own like network and circle it was there was something from that that I don't know it really honored that child that we had already began to grow attached to and that loss so I was able to grieve outwardly instead of struggling with that just on my own and isolated and inwardly inwardly
2: absolutely I think it really shows you how people can show up for you too by sharing it um I think what you said by it being like a giant hug, like that's yeah. exactly what it feels like Yeah, is you're just feeling everybody kind of surrounding you and helping you get through it. Yeah. Um, which is really amazing and really something that I would love to see more happening yeah. just because it's so helpful. It's such a game changer in recovering from that loss. Absolutely.
1: Um,
2: cause I always said to Jeff as we were, you know, going through everything, cause with my medical history, we kind of always knew that it would, or I just in my heart kind of always knew that it was going to be a struggle Mm. um, for us to become parents. And I always said to him, I was like, the one thing that I'm not prepared for is a miscarriage. Mm. I was like, I'm prepared to never be able to get pregnant. I'm prepared to, you know, pursue other options for growing our family. But one thing I'm just, I have never wrapped my head around was a miscarriage. And then, you know, lo and behold, that was kind of the first thing that we were, hit with um so it's really it's a lot and it was a lot for me to handle and for us to handle and and talking about it is single-handedly the thing that helped us the most
1: yeah absolutely yeah and there's some I think that there can be a lot of shame that can show up right or or thoughts of what's wrong, what did I do, what's wrong with my body, these sorts of things that can become, that can really easily turn into shame. Yes. And one of the things that we know about shame from research is that if you throw in with shame, secrecy, isolation, silencing, that's where it can just fester and grow into something much bigger. But if in that same space with shame you throw in real connection a sense of community talking about it with the right people you know being able to be open to vulnerability yeah shame literally can't grow in that kind of environment and so um but I think with with miscarriage and loss people don't know how to talk about it or because of the shame they're not talking about it which just then makes it this worse bigger thing yes absolutely So backing up a little to when, when did you know you wanted to become a mom? Did you, did you have a vision for what that would look like? Oh man.
2: I, I'll say that I don't remember a time where I didn't want to be a mom. (laughs) I can relate to you. I was just always one of those people who (laughs) just wanted to be a mom. And not not everybody is that way. No, I actually, it's been really interesting for me because I have several friends who I've watched kind of g- are, are still going through it. I've watched kind of have this moment of, do I want to be a parent? Do I want to have kids? And I've yeah. watched some that have chosen to do it and they absolutely love being right. a parent and right. some that have chosen not to and some that are still deciding. Yeah. And it was super eye-opening for me because I just could not relate on a personal mm-hmm. level because mm-hmm. um, I just have always known. But I think everybody comes at it from different perspectives and feels... Ready or drawn to motherhood at different times, yeah. and for me, it just hit really early, <laughs> really early. <laughs> um, and yeah. for my husband too, we were always we were like the weird kids in college that were like, "When can we be parents?" When everybody else is like partying,
1: they were like, "Can we parents yeah that? Is it time?" Yeah, no. My husband um, and I—we've known each other since we've been dating since we were fifteen, wow. and so, and I don't know if he was necessarily in the same place yeah. as I was. But I feel like I have been envisioning what our children specifically would look like and having children with him literally for six, 17 years, like a long time. Absolutely. Um, I don't know if he was necessarily right there, (laughs) but, um, yeah. So, so you've known for a long time that you wanted to become a mom. Yeah. It was always just my, my number one priority. I
2: always wanted to be a mom. I always wanted to have a big family. I come from kind of a unique family situation where, Um, my dad had four kids and then got divorced and then married my mom and they had me. So, and so my brothers are about 10 to 20 years older than me. Mm -hmm. So I had this, um, upbringing where half of the time my family was huge, like this big boisterous family. Mm -hmm. And the other half, I was an only child. Um, so it was a really interesting dynamic to go back and forth because it's kind of the two extremes. Mm -hmm. Um, I personally very much loved the big family aspect and the craziness and just the chaos of it. Yeah. So I've always just been drawn to that and wanted to have a big family and yeah. it's, I just loved it. I think one thing that's been really cool for me, cause I often get questions of people being like, do you really want four kids? I always say I want four. It's just like the number <laughs> I picked. And I'm like, yeah. And I think that the reason, and they're like, but it's so hard. And I'm like, I know, or I don't know. I only have one, <laughs> but I can imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think since my brothers were so much older, I got to see the how awesome it is to have a big family from the outside and from like the, the end point mm-hmm. of when everybody's an adult and having kids and yeah, grandkids. Totally. And it has given me light to get through the, mm. the hard times that I'm sure will come with having many right. kids right. to get to kind of that point where it's just this like big <sighs> family that just with
1: grandkids right. running around and huge family reunions. Yeah. And I mean, so. I feel like that can relate to many things, right? That if you have this like bigger vision of what it is you want, you almost from that can develop the grit to like yes. get through exactly. <laughs> those, those rougher moments yes. in, in your, like in your journey to that. Absolutely, because it's yeah. not easy.
2: I, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Just with one, I already know it's not <laughs> easy. So yeah. when it, you know, it multiplies, I can't even imagine. But yeah, it's in my mind. It's just so worth it for yeah. that yeah.
1: that yeah. end game. So after you and Jeff got married, did you know pretty quickly that you wanted to start trying to yes. start your family?
2: I actually remember we like we did like a mini moon. We got married in Palm Springs and we did a mini moon in Palm Springs so we didn't have to travel at all. Best decision ever by the way. If anybody's not married, just have your like mini honeymoon right where you got married. It was it's perfect. so relaxing. Um but I remember we like got to our hotel room and like the first thing that Jeff turned around and
1: said to me, he was like, "We can have kids now." <laughs> no, I actually can I actually can relate to that because I been—I had been with my husband for like a long time all through like high yeah. school and college and you know all that time trying to not get pregnant yeah exactly and all of a sudden it's like wait yes. we can get pregnant now. yeah
2: exactly yeah. exactly so yeah. I think you know for us we were trying so hard to be financially independent yes. and then get yeah. to marriage and get through all this and then like yeah. it just kind of like hit us and it was like we weren't like celebrating being married we were just like we can have kids now let's do it um so yeah Yeah. we pretty quickly hopped on the let's be parents train because we had been together too since our senior year of high school so we had been together already for I don't know seven years maybe
1: yeah so we were you were ready. ready so when at what point in your path to becoming a mother did the word infertility become a word that related to your experience so that you resonated with.
2: Um, another unique situation for me since I have such an extensive medical history, which I can kind of briefly talk about yeah. for those yeah. who are listening and don't know. Um, I had stomach cancer when I was 13. Um, I had my stomach completely removed. Basically it's a, called a gastrectomy super medically. Um, yeah. but it makes it, um, very hard for me to gain weight. Um, I don't absorb nutrients very pro- like properly. Um, there's just kind of some ongoing lasting little effects that even though the doctors assured me that nothing, none of my treatments would prevent me from being able to get pregnant. I just knew that it would be most likely an uphill battle just because of everything my body had been through. Yeah. Um, so I feel like the word infertility kind of started right when we started our journey or mm-hmm. even before, Um, just because we knew with me being underweight, I wasn't ovulating properly. Um, So I kind of went to my doctor first and was like, listen, like we want to have kids. I know that with all these things behind me, it's not going to be easy. How do I start? Mm -hmm. Um, So they kind of were like, well, like go off your birth control, take a few months and just kind of see what happens. And a few months in, my body still hadn't kick-started back into normal ovulation and all that. Yeah. Um, so I kind of immediately was started on fertility drugs. So yeah. it pretty much was almost from the beginning for me. Yeah,
1: because yeah. I know that for some women, they can really struggle with that with the word, right? Yes. And with stepping into the space of like, okay, this is a word that describes my experience. Yeah. But it sounds like for you, pretty early on that word showed up and yeah. and do you feel like having that word helped you in asserting what you wanted to do or needed or getting the support I think so I
2: think it was I mean it probably was a blessing and a curse that I was thinking about it just from the start from that perspective mm-hmm. um you know Perhaps I should have thought about it from a more positive perspective at first, but just because I'm very much like, I know the facts, like, let's, what, yeah. how do we get this done? Like, how do yeah. we figure it out? Um, I think the hardest part, and I totally relate to the, like, labeling it with infertility right. and how hard that is, is when right. I, we did my first round of treatments with my just like regular OBGYN. And I went in, and, like, we had done everything, and he was just basically, like, nothing, is like, nothing, like, nothing has changed, nothing has happened, and he was, like, I need to refer you now to a fertility specialist, okay. and that kind of felt like a huge, like, weight had just been plopped on my shoulders, because mm-hmm. it felt like, okay, this is, like, yeah really
1: happening yeah um, it's not just like let's just try this and see if it if it works and I and just, I, I know that's maybe something that could be yeah. a struggle but then that, that moment was sort of like okay this is something yeah this that, is like this is happening like yeah. this
2: is they're yeah. gonna have to go through it and Then you start thinking about the financial burdens of it and the, you know, everything that comes with kind of taking that next step to actually go to a fertility specialist. Um, So that was a a hard moment for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've had some clients that are experiencing infertility who express the challenges that come with loss of personal control and ownership of the story of how you're going to become a parent. Does that resonate with your experience at all the piece of like control and ownership of the story of of the path you're taking into motherhood absolutely i think i'm probably if
2: there's like a dictionary with the word control freak in it <laughs> i am like the poster <laughs> child for it here's a picture of kelly <laughs> um so that is really tough and the other mm. thing that's tough is i I'm really used to fighting so hard for what I want and making mm-hmm. it happen and doing anything and everything I can to make it happen. And when it comes to fertility, part of it is just out of your hands. Yeah. And that was really hard.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, being like, I'm doing, I'm taking all the drugs, I'm doing all this. I'm, you know, I'm taking the vitamins and having it still not work and that loss of control and not being able to control mm-hmm my path to the, the end goal of being yeah. pregnant, that yeah. hit me really hard. Cause I just wasn't used to having like a giant wall in front of me mm-hmm. that I couldn't
1: climb or get over. Or yeah. Well, no. And I've heard, I've heard you speak about your, like, it's like one of your, it's like your origin story of studio DIY, where you were in college, regular yeah. college. And you were like, the classes are not fitting my needs yep. and you were brave enough to just to ask can i do something else and that's actually where you started the, the blog yeah and so you saw there was a barrier right yeah. the like structure of what college is supposed to look like yeah. and you were like no let me work my butt off and ask and yep. put myself out there to try to create this other thing that's going to better meet my my needs my my educational needs yeah and so then I can imagine that same person who's able to do that then steps into wanting to become a mother and fertility, and all of a sudden, there's so much you could be doing all the quote unquote right things, and this thing that you want so so desperately is not it's not happening yeah exactly
2: it's it's a lot to take on and that's where kind of the shame aspect that you talk about comes in because it's just like I'm doing everything right Mm -hmm. and all the doctors you know when you go to a fertility doctor they're used to seeing patients who are in their 40s or even 50s or you know late 30s a lot just because that's kind of where things start to become more common with fertility and I was 26 when I first started and so they'd be like oh you're fine. (laughs) You're gonna be fine. Why are yeah. you like that? That kind of thing, and that almost made it even harder because mm. they kept being like, "You're totally fine," and then it, when it didn't work, it felt even worse because I was like, "Well, but I'm not fine," mm. and I don't have like the age factor as a, something to blame it on, right. essentially. So oh, that was
1: totally tough. So, with with your journey in infertility did you find yourself because you 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 made a career really out of bringing joy to people's lives right and so were there times when joy was hard to find and or and or did you ever struggle with anxiety or depression or did any of these things impact like your functioning right with your work um yeah what did what did that look like for you it was twofold one it was very hard
2: um which I think is why I started sharing about it because it just felt so fake to me to me be for me to be shouting from the rooftops all these happy, mm. rainbow, colorful, joyous things. And then behind the scenes, I'm like crying every night because yeah. treatments aren't working or because I'm like pumping my body with hormones. Yeah. Um, but I also think because surprisingly enough, I can tend to be a negative person and to have negative mm. thoughts first before positive ones. Mm. Um, so I think the amazing thing about making my career all about positivity is that it helps pull me out of that. Mm. Um, so it actually over anything else was a blessing to have Mm. that aspect, um, of things. Once I started sharing about some of the more negative things too, because then it felt like, okay, I was being honest and truthful and sharing Mm -hmm. that. But I also had these happy, joyous moments that I knew made other people happy, Mm. especially other people that were going through what I was going through. Yeah. Um, so that kind of helped pull me out of it.
1: And I think something that you've offered to the community of people that follow you is this sort of both and thing, right? I think sometimes we get stuck in either or. We're either yeah. we are either in a place of joy and we're in a place of the world is rainbows and unicorns or we're in a place of despair and pain. And I think one of the offerings that you've brought is both and, that you can both be authentically vulnerably struggling and find joy yeah in your life coexist is the app that's revolutionizing how couples manage the mental load of household tasks and childcare. it's like having a personal assistant right in your pocket helping you and your partner effortlessly share tasks plan meals collaborate on lists and even give each other kudos along the way here's the cherry on top for my amazing community coexist is offering an exclusive deal Sign up for a two-week free trial before June 15th, and you'll get 15% off the annual plan on iOS with the code DRCASSIDY15. So what are you waiting for? Really take that first step towards a more harmonious home life today. Download Coexist on Android or iOS at getcoexist.com. So I'm curious because you weren't experiencing this all alone. You have a partner. Yes. <laughs> and so how did how did infertility affect your relationship? It
2: it was an eye-opening experience. It because Jeff and I handled it very differently. Um, I like personally outside of talking about it on the blog, I, you know, after both miscarriages or every time we got kind of a no would want to just sit at home on the couch and just like zone out and watch TV and not do anything and just be here. Whereas Jeff had the opposite reaction where he would like make a list of 50 things and see how many he could get done in a day. He just like wanted to be distracted and moving and yeah. and going and that kind of, that's our personalities in general it just amplified everything whereas i'm more of just like i just want to sit and not do anything or yeah. not even not talk to anybody because i actually did talk to a lot of people i just like didn't want to do anything else i didn't want to mm-hmm. go out anywhere um so we did kind of balance each other out in a way which i think was good um because we had such opposite and extreme reactions <laughs> um, but it was very interesting and very true to our personalities, how we Mm -hmm. responded to it. I think that he definitely ended up being more of the, the rock in that instance and Mm -hmm. stayed stronger and didn't outwardly let it affect him as much emotionally as it did me. Um, I think my emotions were also amplified because I was, I had all the hormones just running through Mm -hmm. me and the surgery or the, you know, everything. It was happening into
1: and to your body. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so at what point did the two of you decide that you wanted to pursue adoption?
2: So adoption was something we had always talked about because like I had said, I knew that getting pregnant might be hard for me. I made sure before we got married, before we really got serious in our relationship, that Jeff was okay with the possibility of adoption. Mm-hmm. Cause I figured even if I did get pregnant, I may have a really hard pregnancy. It may not happen more than once. And I knew we wanted a big family. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a really honest conversation we had before we even okay. talked about marriage yeah. it was just the openness, nothing beyond that. I was just like, I need to make sure that you're open to this possibility because I think it's something that will happen in our future whether it's the only way I don't know yeah um so once it actually came to that point we went away for a weekend we went to Las Vegas for a partnership that we were doing and we had just been through our second miscarriage which they thought was an ectopic pregnancy so I had a Surgery, which is more complicated because of my history. And it was just, it was very traumatic. A lot of things changed as I was kind of laying on the operating table and it was very traumatic. And I remember waking up from it and being like, I can't do this anymore.
1: Mm. And so there's some, there is something that happens with trauma where it can all of a sudden make things a lot more clear. Very, like crystal crystal clear. I was just like, and he,
2: he was like, okay, okay. And trying to just kind of, Calm me down because I had just woken up from a surgery oh, and there's yeah. so many things that had happened. They ended up not even finding anything. So it wasn't ectopic. So it was a whole, oh my a whole thing. But shortly thereafter, we went on this trip. So we we're like, let's just get away. This is a great opportunity. And that was where we talked through everything. And we, on that three hour drive or whatever it was, we looked at each other and we were just like, we're pouring all this money into fertility. Yes, adoption is expensive, but we know that with adoption, there is almost definitely, I don't want to say 100%, but almost definitely a happy ending if you waited out long enough. Yeah. Whereas with fertility, especially for us, we just don't know. Yeah. And my our insurance didn't cover any of the treatments, so it was all coming out of pocket. Um, and our doctor basically had told us we had kind of one more chance before we needed to move into IVF, which was just something that we didn't want to pursue, um, nor could we really afford with the, with the risks that it was comparatively. And so we were like, why we, you know, why don't we explore that other opportunity? It felt adoption felt kind of like we were able to reclaim the control.
1: Um, yeah. And And I I heard that as being an experience for some parents, right. With infertility, the loss of control and, feeling like you don't have ownership over your story but that stepping into adoption in some ways is sort of a reclaiming of your story of how you're going to become parents
2: absolutely and it was a a whole new process and it just felt like we were at the right time to just shut the door and we were like we can always go back to doing fertility treatments if we feel like we want to in the future that's always on the table but right now it felt like let's try something different let's go for it our hearts we're both always open to adoption. Why not pursue it? And yeah. it just felt like when we made that decision, we stepped into into the light and back into control. And um, we got home, and the next day, I contacted a friend of mine who had recently adopted, um, and I was just like, "I need to pick your brain on everything." And it was just from there, we just ran with it. It just our focus completely shifted, and we were on board, and it brought a lot of peace to mm. us um and something hopeful to look forward to
1: and hope is so important
2: it's so important especially, especially in this journey oh, especially yeah. in
1: that journey so can you talk us through a little bit <laughs> like a little bit of this huge (laughs) adoption process i don't know i don't know how else to ask that but yeah um yeah could you share with us a little bit about the adoption process for for you guys
2: so we went um with a private domestic adoption okay Uh, so not through the foster system and not international and we decided to work with a consultant and an adoption attorney so instead of going to an agency we worked just with these two independent people Mm -hmm. who had connections at Many agencies and many facilitators and many hospitals. Okay. Um, they're both California-based, but they have connections all over the country. Yeah.
1: And what helped sort of inform that decision for you? It, hearing it sounds like you you may get more of that sort of like personal interaction with somebody that's supporting you in that journey. But what 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 sort of informed that decision for you guys?
2: So it was actually the team of that friend that had just adopted. Okay. okay. Um, yeah. Which you know, a personal recommendation felt like everything in that. Mm. And that was really helpful and comforting for us. And private domestic is kind of, we decided made that decision before we even picked the team just because we didn't feel like we were in a position to take on a foster case because we were both working full time, really in the thick of our careers. And we didn't know what other trauma or anything might come with it. And we didn't want to do a disservice to a child that may need more assistance because of what they had been through, um, and international. It was easy to to knock that off the table because we both don't like to fly, and the idea <laughs> of flying thirteen hours was too much for us. So I was like, "Well, let just that's easy. Let's just knock that <laughs> yeah. option off the table just yeah. from that silly reason." Yeah. Um. So, but it was really the recommendation of a friend that mm. pushed us towards this because I think the biggest thing with adoption and what people have mentioned to me when they asked me about it is like, I don't know where to start. Yeah. And she was just the perfect starting point.
1: You know, the same thing can happen when people talk about therapy. I don't even know where to yeah. start. And in therapy, right. One of the best ways to find a good therapist is through, is in opening up to others and and asking for referrals. Right. Yeah, it's exactly. Coming straight from that. So, so then you guys, so you stepped into the adoption journey, yes. you had the team that was supporting you in doing that. Yeah. And what, what did that process look like? So
2: the first thing was we met with them um, and we started working on two things. One was a profile book, um, which essentially is a marketing tool for yourself. It sounds so weird to say the word term marketing when it comes to growing your family, but that's really what it is. Um, It's what they would present to birth mothers to show them the kind of life that you would give their child. So that was the first thing we worked on. Um, because of our backgrounds, it actually worked really well for us and really helped us because we're kind of in the job of marketing ourselves in a very <laughs> different way. Yeah. It's so, um, so, you know, we had a ton of photos of us and yeah. we, you know, I'm a writer, even though I never call myself a writer. I'm a blogger, so I'm a writer. Oh, you're a writer. I'm um, <laughs> like a percent Kelly. I never think of myself of like a writer. what you're doing is you're a writer. Um, so, you know, that was easy to... To put together for us. Um, And then we started working on the home study. Mm -hmm. Which I think for a lot of people is like the most scary thing. And it was for us too. And I remember the first time we had them coming over for a home visit. We were just like freaking out. I was like there is a crumb on the stove. Are (laughs) they going to deny us because there's a crumb on the stove? Because I think in the media and in movies you just see social workers are portrayed so horribly. And they're just so mean and ready to just like cross a red line as as like a
1: clinician myself right and how we're portrayed i mean it's yeah Yeah. it is in that that skews people's visions and and can scare people into not wanting to step into that space yeah i I mean speaking about the fear we when we adopted our shih tzu sophie our dog they did a home visit and i was terrified (laughs) i cannot even imagine yeah If I was inviting somebody into my home because I wanted to be a parent. I mean, it's also just the level of like intentionality that has to go into adoption and and that journey into becoming a parent. I mean, the, the level of intentionality just is, it's incredible. Yeah. I always say now being, going through it.
2: I'm like, I feel like what we had to do for our home study should be required of all people who (laughs) want to be parents because we had to talk about how we argued in our marriage and how we interacted and how we would problem solve and how we would discipline our child and how we wanted them to be raised and educated and what their child care plan would look like and all these things that we had to think about ahead of time. And I'm like, wow, yeah, I feel like this is like this was good for us. Like it brought up a lot of questions between each other like talking about discipline we had different opinions and then we had to talk through it and figure out a plan that worked for us and yeah it was yeah. it was actually a really good experience for us in the end even though yeah. it was terrifying to start
1: when i work with couples that are want are pregnant or wanting to start a family we we have those types of conversations yeah. right and it's it's so useful to be able so to useful. do those things before before you're in it and you are stressed stressed yeah. and sleep deprived and you're you haven't had that time to really think about it with each other. So, yeah, the level of intentionality is a really unique piece. Yeah. That goes into adoption. Yeah. And so and so talk to me a little bit about your journey into becoming Arlo's mom. Yeah. So, we wrapped up our home
2: study and did all the paperwork and the fingerprinting and all of that right around our anniversary which is in november um and then we were just considered a waiting family mm-hmm. so that meant that our um adoption attorney would bring us cases and ask if we are birth mothers and ask us if we wanted to be presented to them um, we also were on a adoption website which is more like a birth mom can contact you directly mm-hmm. um through there so we were on there um, and we were just waiting. So we were presented with a few cases, um, had a few people contact us directly. None of them felt right. We all, on every single one, we had an instant gut feeling that something was off. Mm. So we would pursue some of them because we wanted to just go through the experience. And yeah. I talked to several birth mothers on the phone, which for me as like an introvert of all introverts was probably the most terrifying part of the process. Um, because I don't like to talk to my own friends on the phone. <laughs> I'm like, how I can mean, I avoid a, avoid a phone call? <laughs> yeah. Kelly, thank you for sitting with me today and yeah, you know, recording
1: this. <laughs> Introvert of all introverts. I, I really
2: am though. So yeah. talking to somebody who's thinking about mm-hmm. giving you their child is oh, just yeah. it was a lot to process. Um, but it taught me a lot. Um it also taught me just so much about how to be grateful for what I have, because the situations that you hear are just so horrifying with no support or, you know, no income. They can't afford to keep the child. They come from an abusive household. They were abandoned. Like, there's just so many hard things that you hear and it makes you so grateful for what you do have. Um, so for one reason or another, those situations didn't work out. And then at the end of January, I got a call from our lawyer. Um, she was actually calling to tell me about another birth mom we had been talking to who I was ready to tell her, I don't think it's right. Yeah. And so I, we got on the phone, I told her that and she's like, well, I also have this other birth mom. It just came to me through a facilitator that I work with and she's, let's see, 32 weeks along. It's a boy. Um, are you interested? And she was like, the only hitch is it's going to be on the more expensive side, um, which we had previously turned down some situations Mm. solely because of that. And it was the first one after hearing the details of it where I didn't have a bad feeling. Mm. Um, So I immediately talked to Jeff and I was like, and we were just talking about it. And I was like, we think we should be presented. Like, let's just do it and see what happens. And, um she presented us along with a couple other families and she picked us and from there we set up a meeting um so she the nice thing about this our situation is she was also in California mm-hmm. so we were able to very easily meet with her um go to doctors appointments so we drove and met her for the first time and that was so scary and so just so surreal I can't even imagine (laughs) yeah um but it went well and we kind of left that meeting looking at each other being like did we just get matched wow (laughs) yeah um and from there we quickly found out that she was actually 35 weeks pregnant so we only had (sighs) Um, a few weeks to prepare everything and we just kind of dove right into the process of getting ready to possibly be parents in five weeks.
1: And at that stage were you still were you like fully embracing hope and like we're going to become parents or or were you also careful we also protecting yourself from getting too excited?
2: We kept it very transactional as kind of how Jeff yeah described it because with every adoption there is a possibility that the birth mom will change her mind um at any point or in the hospital or wherever it may be so that's i think the biggest scariest part of adoption of domestic adoption is that that's a possibility um so we tried to keep our emotions out of it as much as possible it's really hard when you have to physically prepare to be a parent like we had to go and buy the items that we had to have we had to go and buy something for him to wear and diapers mm-hmm. and all these things because if it did happen you we had to come to home be and prepared. be parents. <laughs> yeah. so we bought the most minimal of things that we could buy um we started preparing business-wise preparing like a month's worth of content and kind of kept every kept in our minds that either we're coming home with a baby or we're taking a month long trip to Bali or something <laughs> like it, that was kind of our options. Like we're doing yeah. all the prep work now. And if something happens, we're just going to check out. Yeah.
1: Um, because of the, because you would need that.
2: We would need it because that would be very hard. As much as you try to keep your emotions out of it, you are in it to an yeah. extent you have to be, yeah. um, because it's very real. It gets very real, very fast. Mm. um, so we did the best we could, and I'm happy with how we handled it. I do think we handled it really well. And luckily, we have a happy ending to our story. Um, and it was a truly amazing experience. I got to be there for the birth. I was in the room. I was there. I watched him come into the world. I, it, was, it was every single emotion you could ever feel all at once.
1: <laughs> I'm, I just went into my eyes to Kelly. Cause I'm literally crying. It was but It's beautiful. And mm-hmm. it's you're, you're
2: happy and you're sad and you're terrified and excited. And the craziest thing is that you're realizing that one of her hardest moments is one of your happiest. And that juxtaposition is a lot to handle and I think I spent a lot of time in the hospital room just kind of standing being like I don't I don't know what the appropriate yeah. reaction is to anything I don't want to be too excited uh, I don't want to be not excited because I want her to know that I am excited to be no, a parent you just you're in a space
1: you're holding space for all these for your own yes. like emotional Re- reaction and response and also being sensitive to hers and yeah at that point you had built you know a relationship with yeah. her and oh wow yeah
2: so it was and and jeff was in the next room we were lucky that we were at a hospital that was very adoption friendly mm-hmm. so we were able to be there and they gave us our own room and so he was in the next room and shortly after the birth um for his birth mother's own Closure. She wanted some time alone with him. Yeah, um, which was the most terrifying time for yeah. me, for us, because that's where you feel like if a decision is going to be changed, that's that, when it's going to happen. Gonna happen. Um, so I had held it together pretty well until I left the room after that and walked next door and just like Lost. collapsed. Mm-hmm. Um, and every emotion came out, and then we just we just waited. Yeah. We just sat and yeah. waited until until she was ready and invited us back in. And that I think was when we took our first like huge sigh of relief. Mm-hmm. Like it just felt like she needed that time. Yeah. As hard as it was for us, she needed that time so much for mm-hmm. her and for them. Um and once we made it through that, we felt like we were pretty sure that a decision wasn't going her decision wasn't going to change
1: and so you could begin to actually allow yourself to attach yeah. and connect in a yeah. deeper way
2: yeah and as you know being a mom they very quickly you just be Become a parent. It's
1: like you no, just, no, nobody wait. They don't wait for no. you to like ease into it. They They're <laughs> like, just like, Hey, guess what? I'm yeah. in the world, I have needs, and yeah. I'm not gonna sleep, exactly. and neither are you. Yeah.
2: So <laughs> And I'm gonna cry, yeah. and I need a diaper and I need this and I need that and uh, yeah. all the things and you just dive in and and do it and yeah. we did it.
1: So one, thank you so much for sharing your story. I know you've shared it before, but in sharing it again. No, absolutely. To end, what do you think, what did you learn about yourself through this whole process, your journey into motherhood? I
2: learned that I am stronger than I thought I was, mm-hmm. um, especially when it comes to some of those introvert aspects, just, you know, handling some of these conversations and these interactions you have to do through adoption, I was really proud of myself for being able to get through it and not completely having a breakdown every time. Um, And I learned, I just learned to be so much more grateful for everything and so much more, not humble, but just in tune with how privileged we are. Um, and how hard some people have it so hard that they have to make decisions like what so many birth moms have to make. Um, and just to really respect that. And the other thing that I learned, which isn't so much about me is more so about the relationship that we now have with his birth mom, which it's funny because every A lot of people, when you start talking about adoption, if they have not been through it, say how hard they think it would be to have an open adoption, open relationship with the birth mom and, and how does that work? And what if they want the baby back or what if they do this or what if they do that? And that was some of our biggest fears too. And I think our consultant, I think is the one that said it, they were like, they're not the enemy. They don't, mm. you don't want to like look at it like, well, how are we going to combat this? You want to mm. look at it that it's almost like a, it's almost like dating and that you both should like, you both want to like each other if possible. There's a lot of situations and I don't want to speak to all of them, but for us, um, we were so scared of that relationship and and stepping on toes on both sides. And how would that work? And it's turned out to be just the most beautiful relationship. Mm. And And we have so like, and I mean, we owe her everything. We have so much respect for her and for the decisions that she's made and for how she's handled it and gone through everything, knowing, not knowing, I will never know the, how traumatic and how hard that is. Um, But just learning to, to respect that relationship and explore it and be open to it and, like take the punches as they come at you and and just embrace that this is how we came into parenthood and that our situation looks different and and how awesome it is in some ways that Arlo has so many people that love him so much to make mm-hmm. such life altering decisions.
1: Yeah. Hmm. So Kelly, where where can people find you to continue following your yeah. story?
2: Um, so you can find me at studio DIY on Instagram and studiodiy.com on the blog. Um, we share a lot on Instagram stories. <laughs> That's where we share all the fun and crazy moments and just how amazing motherhood has been and what a joy it's been for, for both of us. And then the blog is a mix of, of our new parenting journey and owning a house journey mm-hmm. and all the other fun stuff in between.
1: Well Kelly, thank you so much for inviting me into your home. Yeah, thank you for, for coming. Sharing this space with me and um letting us into your journey into motherhood. Thank you. So, thank I'm, you so speaking much. Speaking of gratitude, I'm so grateful. So thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Holding Space Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the information that was shared in this episode. If you did, you might want to subscribe and be the first to hear about future episodes as soon as they air. Thank you so much for sharing this space with me. Have a great day.